real hard. <laughs> boys live for us from the base of snowy mountain adnock in beautiful charming jeffrey new hampshire this is jackman radio i am one of your hosts eric jackman i'm another host mike jackman and who are you aaron lafond we're joined as always by aaron lafond this is our second go round at this podcast venture and we have some topics we want to discuss tonight. We have some music. We want to do a film review, which we weren't able to do last time. Um, Eric, do you want to start us off with uh, one of your topics? Yeah, well, it's blowing up all over the news right now, and that's the uh, Fifty Shades of Grey movie that hasn't dropped yet, but it's coming out pretty soon. And it was a book based on Twilight fan literature, uh, fan fantasy, I guess. It started online. Really? Some, yeah, I didn't realize oh, that either. How, I, yeah, I didn't know it was but a... But there's no vampires. Right, right. But no, I think it was someone who was a fan of Twilight used it or was inspired by it somehow. I don't know. Who knows how, how that That's happened. how that was born? But um, And they were watching Nine and a Half Weeks with <laughs> Mickey Rourke? Well, yeah, I, want, I figured that would come up in this conversation, but... Um, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so uh, the book has sold uh, 100 million copies worldwide. So whoever wrote the book, I, I'm not, I forget who wrote it. Uh, <laughs> they're doing all right. Yeah. They're doing all right. You They're know? no J.K. Rowling or Stephen King. And all they did was sit in the room at Dominic Strauss-Kahn and just write about how he treated women. Oh. You know? It'd be great if it was Stephen King and it was just like... Uh, pen name? Yeah, yeah. It was Richard Bachman. Name. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, anyways, there's this campaign going by this uh, woman's group or an advocacy group uh, called... Uh, their grassroots group urging people to send $50 to women's shelters instead of seeing Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, basically, the woman who founded this whole program, um, her name is, uh, I have her name here somewhere. I don't know where I put it. But she said, this is, a, this is about a seasoned... Pre- <laughs> this is about a seasoned predator who is a stalker and an abuser and a sadist. Having uh, honing in on a much younger woman, and in the story, the female's twenty-one and the male's twenty-seven, so not that much younger. He's rocking the cradle. I mean, Anna Nicole Smith and wrinkly old balls, who she was with there. Hey, that was for love. Yeah, you know that, dude. You know that was for love. So that was that was attributed to Gail Dines, who's a professor in sociology, uh, sociology professor at Boston's Wheelock College, the founder of Fifty Dollars, not Fifty Shades. Can so, she get 49 of those $50? Yeah. Is, that all, is this like a new ice bucket thing? This is like the whip. The well, whip no, she wants, it, she wants it to go to women's shelters for oh. women who are abused by men, obviously. What about by the les- What about a woman abused by a lesbian lover? Yeah. yeah. Does, I mean, hey. does that count? Will they be turned away or do they got to fill out paperwork? And uh, basically, this is, this is the women's shelters. They'd rather, see, rather do that than see the movie because the movie blurs lines to what is healthy or harmful in sex. According to them. 
yeah. couple people who want to see the movie and donate to the shelter. Yeah. Will you exactly. take their money? You'll say, I'll send the $50 with a stub, a movie ticket stub. <laughs> you know, what about people who want to do that? Yeah, well, that's well, interesting. It just shows you, you know, there's, there's, um, it's going to create controversy, but the people who made this movie are loving this, man. This is, this is great advertising, and even if it's negative, it's publicity is publicity. I remember when the book came out a couple years ago. It's just like ubiquitous. I think it was 2011 or 12, and it was known as mommy porn. Right, and Sasha Gray hears about it, and she just goes, meh. She goes, that was my first scene. Yeah, Fifty Shades of Grey, Sasha Grey. Yeah, well, it's interesting. I mean, I think this this book and this movie is actually going to have a very large female base. Don't you think so? Oh, yeah, you think? I mean, right. So it's, you know, I don't know. What guys are going to go see it? Are they going to be tagging along with their girlfriend? Or is it going to be yeah, like a... Guys are yeah. whipped in submission yeah. to go see it is by it their wives. And gay guys. I wonder if gay guys like Fifty Shades of Grey. Is yeah. it going to be like a Pee Wee Herman scenario, you know, in the movie theater? You know? Yeah, Heard any good jokes lately? So, I don't know. I just wanted to bring that one up. I've been hearing all about it. I'll probably end up going to see it. Uh, you know? it's worth, it's you worth, think so? It's worth a red why? box. I probably why will. Why would you go see that? I mean, I don't you know. know you know, use so your like, imagination. Hey, you know exactly what's good. It's, you know, yeah, it's, it's February. It's going to suck. Isn't it's it Black History Month? Every... February? Yeah. I'm going to go see Selma. Yeah. Okay. It's oh, even better. <laughs> I'm going to see Selma. I actually I wanted to see that. I thought you were gonna see I thought you were gonna say you were gonna see Fifty Shades of Grey in honor of Black History Month. Oh. <laughs> well, black and blue history month, you know, from the bruises from the yeah. the uh, various uh you know, instruments and whips and from Mr. Grey's bedroom. Oh right, 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 yeah. right. So yeah. Well, we'll see how it goes. Well, I just you know I have to give it to Mickey Rourke, you know. He did the nine and a half weeks with Kim Basinger back in back we're, in the eighties. Eighty six. Okay. So I would I would uh, ask our listeners to check that out. And pretty much check out any movie Mickey Rourke made in the eighties. Except for Diner. You know, that's not Diner gonna kind of sucks. That's him sitting at a table with Kevin Bacon and Steve Gutenberg yanking each other. Which <laughs> was good. It was good. <laughs> and you had Pulp of Greenwich Village with Eric Roberts. Is yeah. it like a dinner with Andre sort of thing? Did you ever see that movie where they just sit at the... It's the guy from uh, The Princess Bride, the, like, the short, bald guy. Oh, oh. inconceivable. Yeah, that, that guy. guy. He like sits at a table. Dude, it's like a three-hour movie of him just like talking to some guy. I think it's Andre. His friend Andre. And they just talk about like philosophy and shit like that, but it's it's incredibly boring. You have to, you know. It's did you sit good. through it? I did, yeah. <laughs> and uh, speaking of Mickey Just Rourke, so I could reference it in this conversation. It's beautiful. Speaking of Mickey Rourke, he was on a flight from America to London with Anna Faris. And Anna Faris had her young baby on her lap the whole time. Anna Faris was, of course, in the scary movie films. Right, the blonde woman there. And she's married to Chris Pratt, who's blowing up. He's in every movie. Yeah. Now. He's going to play the whip in Fifty Shades who's of Grey. Chris Pratt again? Who, he was who? in Guardians of the Galaxy. He's he was in that show Everwood. Jurassic uh, Pork. Uh, Jurassic World. Right, he's going to be in the reboot. And uh, Rourke allegedly turned around and said, shut that goddamn baby up. <laughs> Tan <Tana laughs> Ferris. Also, I heard Good. that they, they paid some homeless guy uh, from L.A. like 20 grand to throw a boxing match at Mickey Rourke in Russia a couple months ago. Yeah, well, I mean, Rourke is he's in his early 60s, man. I mean, I, still I wouldn't pick a fight with him, but I, if the guy took a legit punch to that face, if you could call it a face, yeah, you know. I don't want to hate on you, Mickey. I love you. You're one of my favorite actors. Yeah, Mickey's my favorite. He's one of my favorites. We'll do a whole show devoted to Mickey Rourke at some point. So, yeah, Fifty Shades of Grey. Hope it along. I hope everyone enjoys it. 
Um, segueing into something a little bit more serious, uh, this is in the news too. Uh, this has been in you know certain news reports on and off for probably well over ten years. Um, it's in connection to Saudi Arabia and the possibility that they help finance and support the hijackers and the 9/11 attacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, there's a big push, and this push has been going on actually for several years. I've been following it for. Uh, many years, to release 28 pages that were redacted from the 2002 Joint Inquiry Congressional Report on 9-11 that was co-chaired by Porter Goss and Bob Graham. Senator Bob Graham, one of the co-chairs of this commission, has been pretty vocal about his criticism of Saudi Arabia and what might be inside those 28 pages. And he basically alluded he alluded to the fact that um, Saudi Arabia has been a long-term sponsor of, you know, Al-Qaeda and, you know, sponsored bin Laden and basically made an agreement with bin Laden back in the day to, you know, give them some kickback and they wouldn't launch any attacks in Saudi Arabian soil. So that was kind of interesting. And, uh, you know, they've supported Wahhabism around the world. They behead people regularly. They, you know, they torture women. They don't let women drive. They just have a horrible human rights record. And obviously one of our biggest allies, because I believe they're the number two in the world for oil reserves. So, so Bruce Jenner could drive there this week, but next week could not drive there. <laughs> <laughs> Depends, man. Depends. You know, I had, had to. How do you define his? Wow. Yeah. No. The the Saudi Arabia thing, man. We've been hearing. We've known about it for a number of years, but it's only been recently that a couple of congressmen called a press conference. Lynch from uh, Massachusetts. Actually, yeah, Lynch is yep. a congressman. I think he's from South Boston. And then another and congressman Jones. from North or South yeah, Carolina. Walter Jones, right? Yep, they're the co-sponsors of this uh, and, this bill. Um, basically, you know, they're just saying, hey, look, man, the American people got a raw deal. The, the families got a raw deal. The firemen who ran into those buildings got a raw deal. You know, there's more to the story than we're being told. Yeah, if they're covering anything up to 9-11 related to foreign influence or prior knowledge, it should be out there. Um, obviously, like Eric said, the family members and the victims deserve to know the full truth about it. It's been almost 14 years, and these 20, you know, these 28 pages, in my opinion, are, you know, it's one small piece of the puzzle. And you, t- and you told me some creepy shit earlier about some Saudi nationals in the country that were maybe connected. Yeah, there was what a family. What was fa- that about? There was this family um, down in Sarasota, Florida. It was this, uh, uh, this guy, I, his name escapes me. I'll, we can put, obviously put it up on the... Uh, on the webpage, or you know, if people really want to know the name, I can provide this information. He was a 27-year-old Saudi national, and his wife was an advisor to the Saudi royal family. And in late August in 2001, they, along with their small child, fled their house in a gated community in Sarasota. They left two cars in the driveway. They left clothing. They left food. They left all kinds of stuff behind and just took off. Bailed. They bailed and went back to Saudi Arabia. Now, this house and these people had been visited previously by two of the 9-11 hijackers, including Mohammed Atta, the alleged ringleader of the attacks. Now, they so, bailed before or after the attacks? They bailed a couple weeks before the attacks. Before. So that would kind of lead a lot of people, you know, include, there's an FBI investigation that, you know, I believe is still going on down there. There's some kind of investigation that's kind of still open. And uh, there's a lot of questions about that. You know, what do they know? They let the hijackers use their cars. I mean, there's a whole, there's a whole connection. You were talking about two of the hijackers with an FBI handler in California receiving funds from Princess Haifa. Yeah, there were there were two of the 9/11 hijackers who were, you know, they they were helped. uh, Their their rent was paid for by this uh, FBI informant by the name of uh, Abu. uh, I'm going to mess his name up. Abu Zadar Sheikh. 
sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, who had been an FBI informant for many years and, uh, you know, had Khalid, uh, Nawaf al-Hazmi and Khalid al-Midar living in his apartment. With two him. of the hijackers. Two of the hijackers. And uh, that information never really got, you know, passed on to the po- proper channels. Um, I believe in late August they finally... Uh, wanted to look at Khalid Almidar. He was put on a list because the CIA knew that he was in the country after he had been at a terrorist summit in Malaysia I mean, at the very before least, 9-11. This is criminal negligence. Yeah, well, this is the FBI and the CIA not sharing important information with each other, um, you know, not listening to whistleblowers within the FBI like Colleen Raleigh. And back to the other Saudi Arabian stuff, um, the you know there's a long standing connection between our government and obviously you know the kingdom of Saudi Arabia mm-hmm. that goes back uh, to the Clinton administration then W Bush but even further back to H W Bush H W yeah, talk a little bit about um, because we, I want to get to Jeb Bush later talk about the conflict of interest or what could be perceived as conflict of interest um, with the Bushes financial connections business dealings and everything with the, the kingdom. In, well, in, in it was 9/11. through a Bush family associate named James Bath, who Michael Moore covered in his documentary, Fahrenheit 9-11. And, you know, supposedly a lot of this stuff is not quote-unquote proven, you know, but he was an intermediate who was taking money from the Bin Laden family and investing it into companies like Arbusto, um, you know, high-rises in Houston that were related to the Bush family and um, other Bush ventures. And in the late 80s, one of W's companies was failing, and this was when his father was vice president, and it was bailed out by a gentleman named Salem bin Laden, who was Osama bin Laden's brother, mm-hmm. which is very interesting. So, you know, the allegations are he was funneling money to James Bath, who was funneling it in to, to, Bush's, to Bush Bush's business. Okay. Um, the day before 9-11 in New York City at the Ritz-Carlton, H.W. Bush, also known as Poppy, was meeting with Shafiq bin Laden. Now, I know there were a lot of people at the meeting, and Bush probably wasn't there that long, and he left kind of early, but that's just an interesting connection that doesn't really... Uh, you're not going to hear about that on, on headline news. And that was a Carlisle group gathering, right? I believe it was a Carlisle group. You know, James Baker was probably there, Henry Kissinger, all these luminaries of uh, the old neocon right. So not not to get to, you know, Mother's Basement, Tinfoil Hat, and you guys, these are just some things that, you know, you should look into for yourself, because... Um, you know, Jeb Bush is going to be a major player in this election. The Bushes aren't going anywhere. They still haven't, you know, they might dude, not. That's o- crazy. Like Clinton and Bush. Yeah, like, dude, it sucks. Kinda, since since H- it sucks. I mean, H.W. Bush on. was a. That's crazy. It is. He was the head of the CIA in 76 for a year or two. They named the building the George H.W. Bush, Bush Center for Intelligence. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting. Anything, yeah, Bush and intelligence. And um, I just, you know, I want to make the point to everybody who might be listening that. You know, Jeb Bush should not get a free ride. Uh, you know, he should be fleeced by by the people, by the media, by concerned citizens. You know, this shit concerns me. You know, I worry about this kind of stuff. If, if Jeb Bush takes office, you know, with another 9-11 happen, would, would he turn a blind eye to more uh, wrongdoings by Saudi groups or groups that are financed by Saudi Arabia? You know, so, you know, these are things that we should worry about. And I would, I would challenge all of you to look into what Mike has been saying and... Um, Question it and do your own research. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, it, it's known that uh, a large portion of the bin Laden family was flown out of the country in the days after 9-11 where you and I couldn't fly. Right, and other Saudis. 
Yeah, right? and other members of the Saudi royal family. I mean, this is at a time where, you know, I had a, a, a conversation with a, a woman who lost her daughter in the towers, and she said, I remember being absolutely incensed thinking back on it. I was in Canada, and I could not fly back to the United, to the United States to check on my daughter, oh. you know, and see if she was all right. And these people were being flown out of the country carte blanche and there's all kinds of information out there about this but this is kind of an overview and just to tie up the whole saudi arabia um 28 pages president barack obama has kind of kept this cover up going um he met with 9-11 family members the jersey widows um who were made famous back in 2003 2004 for fighting to even get a 9-11 investigation for the government to investigate the attacks in the first place. Right. Um, they were these widows from New Jersey who lost their husbands in the towers, and they had to go down and lobby Washington and the White House to even do any kind of investigation, and that was met with huge resistance. You know, Bush wanted to put Henry Kissinger as the chair of the 9-11 commission. Who also said he will endorse Jeb Bush in 2016. Well, of course. Reptiles the, love company. You know, and they Kissinger resigned from the 9-11 Commission after the family members pointed out some of his business contacts, yeah. which included, you know, questionable, you know, financial sources. Um, but anyways, to tie this all up, um, Obama's met with a lot of these family members, and he said, I promise I'll look into this. We'll, you know, we'll see about getting these, these pages released um, several times. This was five, six years ago. So the Obama administration is very knowledgeable on these documents. Oh, and they, they, they came into office, you know, with hope and change, saying that they were going to be the most transparent administration in history. And they've continued a lot of these policies and kept a lot of these cover-ups going. So we're going to be following this story pretty closely, and we'll, we'll keep you posted on it. So that's uh, one thing in the news that I wanted to touch on. No, it's good. It's a great topic. I mean, everyone should, should check it out. Tell your friends about it and uh, be concerned about it. And, uh, you know, speaking of uh, Saudi Arabia and Saudi princes and the royal family having billions of dollars... Uh, what would you do if you won the lottery tonight? Uh, it's up at five hundred million dollars. The Powerball. Wow. Here, it's been no one's won it in uh, what a couple months or. This thing's been weeks. growing for a while. It's one of the biggest ones in history. Half a billion dollar pot. Um, Aaron, what would you do tomorrow if you had a check with five hundred million with your name on it? I think I would I would go to work and go about my day as usual, and then when someone like and then I would just like casually bring it up in conversation, and then when someone like called bullshit, I would bust out the ticket. Yeah, or a copy of the ticket because the real ticket would be under your mattress. Right. Or, no, I'd I'd risk the real ticket. I'd I'd carry it, carry like, it with me. I'd never even cash it. I would just I would just walk around. Yeah, with I won. It. Yeah, right, he'd wait till I'd the very last it. moment when you could redeem it. <laughs> he would do yeah. that, Mike. Yeah, it still worked too. Would you go on TV and, and do the whole public thing, or what's the New Hampshire law on that? Do you have to uh, publicly? Do you have to be it? public what, about an interview? it? Or? Well, no. <laughs> you, when, they, when they appear with the big check there, the big cardboard big check, check, they do right, the right, out right. Oh uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would do that whole thing, but then I would do something that to make it like totally unairable. Or like I would just like you know piss my pants during the middle of it or something. Or light a flaming bag of shit. Yeah. And, uh, make the commissioner stomp it out or something. Yeah. Or like right before, take a shot of like iodine, and then just and then just throw up all over the news anchors. Oh, thank you. Shake his hand. Just all over the check. There's just fucking chunks. Pukey half a billion yeah. dollar check. Oh man, so that's what I. What would you do, would you do Mike? Mike? I, I'd give. I would give my two week notice. You know, I, I you think so. That. Yeah, oh, I, that's I, such a predictable. Well, no, no, no. Everyone hear me out. That. Hear me out. And then you know, the boss. The boss would. Uh, we would. We there be an agreement. I'm going to give you my two week notice, but this is my last day. Here's ten grand. So, that's above bar. The two week notice has been issued. He's not going to make me. You know, 
fill the two weeks. Right, right. Because he's got no, he's got nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine. Ninety nine hundred. Because wonder why IRS sniffing around. Because under ten grand, right? Yeah. Is that transactions or things done ten thousand dollars or more are are red flagged? They they're looked into. Okay. But Saudi Arabian involvement in the nine eleven. <laughs> turn a blind eye, please. Ultimately, the the uh, you know. Funding of the attacks is of little practical significance. That's what they said about the funding of the attacks. But yeah, no, I would. Uh, well, I don't know. I, I, everyone at, do? everyone yeah. at work is scrambling. There's all those uh, those the uh, group lottery things. Oh. You know, the pot or whatever you pay, and everyone like, like they buy could, like tw- two hundred tickets. That could just. Go. I mean, that went bad. There was a story in the news recently about two people who did that. And that, that went to trial, and they were looking so. at surveillance footage and what evidence. What do you mean? And, and they, got, they got fucked out of the... Well, no, there was two guys, like the business owner and his, his co-worker. Associate. And they, they spent, you know, X amount of dollars for a lottery pool. And they won millions of dollars. And then the, the one guy got greedy and said, I want all of it. I put more money into it. I went and got uh, the tickets. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but know, I mean, it could... He got greedy. The, it's worse the other way, though, that when, like... Because I, I didn't do it today. I was like, no, I'm not fucking I'm wasting my money on that. No, you, you have know? a better chance. Yeah, you're more likely to get in a car lightning. accident like, no, no, in driving a pl- a plane, there. A plane crash. Yeah. So one, You have a 1 in 8,000 chance of being in a plane crash. But then if everyone won tomorrow and I was like the only guy. They'd who, hook you uh, up. Uh, then then I have to quit. <laughs> like, I'm not going to work <laughs> Then you have to seek counseling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, you spend a million on a shrink. Yeah, no, I would. Uh, I'd build a nice big house here in New Hampshire, and uh, you know, start acting like Howard Hughes. Big <laughs> jars of my own urine, grow my nails out long. Um, you Rosebud, know, all yeah, that good. Just buy. I'd, I'd buy hobbies. Like I'd buy collections. Yeah. Like my hobby is I collect hobbies. You know, like Jay Leno has like you know half a dozen garage, you know, garage sized hangers or. or, or Mike, me, Mike has gar- gar- garage full of uh, just like wax sculptures of like horror yeah. icons, or the, or the va- various containers of Johnson and Johnson baby powder throughout the years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the different different kinds of casings it's been in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I collect old uh, uh, Howard Johnson Hojo memorabilia. Yeah. you know Hojo signs. That's a whole subgenre of people in this country, like American pickers. They'll have like a Hojo yeah. sign in their garage, you know. The, those guys are gay. It's right? like, honey, you know, you're gonna. Oh, that's confirmed. Yeah, yeah. No, they're out. Is it confirmed? They're out. They're out. Oh wait, wait. The guys in the show. Yeah, the American oh, I thought you picker said people who guys. do that are gay. No, the American, oh. the, the the tall skinny guy oh, and the short oh, fat guy. I don't know. I don't know. Who'd they be, gotta be. Who'd be the, the, the tall guy? Would be the bottom. You think? Yeah, yeah, the the yeah the the burly guy is the bear. He's okay, so he's, he's throwing it. He's like the twink, but he's <laughs> yeah. a tall twink. How do yeah. we how do we like go off on this? <laughs> uh, <laughs> talking about what oh, we Mike, doing. yeah, you were saying okay, See, I love those hobbies. tangents. Yeah, what I, else? I, what else? Come on, you do some other like, things. I'd have a recording studio in my house. I'd have a pool, a hot tub, a movie theater. Uh, you know, a weightness, uh, a fitness room with weights. You know, that would I'd have Cobwebs. to I'd have to pay. Well, <laughs> I'd have to pay someone to force me to use it. So yeah. I'd have someone. Personal trainer, you'd hire a personal oh, trainer. More than a personal trainer. I'd hire Two someone who's the grandchild of SS in Germany, so they still have that trait. So they'd be like, hey, look, you want to live to spend the money. Yeah, you want us to get you off your fat ass. You want this yeah. chocolate bar, yeah? Yeah, mm-hmm. and this will run five miles. Yeah, it's like the carrot and stick, you know, he's holding a Wonka bar in front of you on the treadmill. <laughs> you know. Wonka bar. I want a, I want a Noopa Noopa. Oh, no, we do a lot of cool things, you know. We would do a lot of cool things. What would you do, Eric? Yeah, I, I talked uh, to my friend uh, Jeff about this, uh, and we, we I would want to get a ballin' ass uh, RV or camper that I could fit like twenty people on, and I'd go see all of America, 
and I'd go to random places and just hand out piles of cash to people and film it and get the reactions, you know, and just, uh, you know, check out, check out America. There's so much that we just, we will never get to see in our own country and, uh, being someone with a background in history and, um, geography and American history. Um, there's so many places I'd love to go to. So I would do that. Uh, I would definitely build a hockey rink at my house, <laughs> ball and ass hockey rink. I'd have a Zamboni there with my face on it. Would you have like a twenty four seven like McDonald's or Chick fil A in your basement? Yeah, probably a Wendy's. A Wendy's, maybe a Chick fil A. We could get the gay American pickers to run it. You know, Chick fil A. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I love gay people so much. Make them wear those aprons. <laughs> Yeah, pink, pink aprons. I mean, yeah, I mean, pickers. You basically, if you had you know four hundred and fifty million after taxes, you're probably still looking at 300, three over three hundred. Yeah, well, if you do the lump sum, don't they take a third of it? How do they? How do they screw you? Like, aren't they? Because isn't the lottery already paying taxes on that money? Like the the, the lottery commission or whatever. That's a good so like, question. how do they get away with taxing? money that you win because they're the new world order because like they're the that, government do they, yeah, they can do yeah, whatever they want that, that's like a great example of the government the IRS just, hit squad like, oh. yeah why don't they designate the irs because they know group? there's nothing you can do like there's oh, nothing no. you can do about this you're gonna just bend over so and you're gonna we're pay gonna it. take all this yep, money we're gonna take all yeah exactly <laughs> i actually didn't buy any any tickets for tonight there's still time but uh you know we all know that some seventy-three-year-old lunch lady in Wichita is going to win it. She's going to keep that job. She's going to give. She'll all She'll be in work church. on Monday. She's giving it all to it's the all LDS going to the church. Oh, LDS. She's, she's going to give two hundred million dollars to the Church of Latter-day Saints because they need it. They do. I wish I could give them ten percent of my take-home teething. Yeah, they they need teething. it. They do. They're hand in mouth, man. So, <laughs> do we got to go to a break here with a song, or should we? Uh, uh, yeah. What do you want to do? Well, I, we'll take a little break here, folks. But I want to introduce uh, song of the week. I got that uh, right here. Uh, we're going to go back to the 60s because it's one of my favorite decades for music. And I'm bringing uh, you back in time. The way back machine. Back. <laughs> and this song came out in 1966 by a group called the Walker Brothers. It's called The Sun Ain't Gonna Shine Anymore. And it was originally done by Frankie Valley in 1965. But the Walker Brothers version is, in my opinion, the uh, definitive version. And uh, here it is. The sun ain't going to shine anymore. We'll talk a little bit more about it uh, after the break.
And we are back, folks. Jackman Radio, the base of Mount Monadnock. Snowy, cold as hell, Mount Monadnock. But we're loving it. And we're loving the Walker Brothers. How, how soulful and, and uh, beautiful and haunting is that song? It's a great song. I love that song. You guys man. turned me on to that song a few months ago. I did, and, yeah. Uh, it's fantastic. Just so much brooding and, and just just the uncertainty of life is just captured in that song. One of the Walker brothers, uh, now they're not really brothers, folks, uh, <laughs> and Scott Walker, the lead singer, his real name is Scott Engel. Uh, one of the Walker brothers was uh, Brian Wilson's, uh, excuse me, Dennis Wilson's vocal coach. Dennis Wilson, of course, the drummer of the Beach Boys. Oh, nice. Um, and uh, so I believe one of the Walker brothers has passed away, but Scott Walker went on to reject his pop icon status and started releasing experimental music. So that's kind of what he's been up to for a while. He's still out there, but he doesn't do songs like that so much anymore. Um, and that song was featured a couple years ago in a movie called Seeking a Friend for the End of the World, which was one of my uh, more favorite Steve Carroll movies. Oh, yeah. Kieran Steve Carell, right? Kieran Knightley yeah. and Steve Carell. And who yeah. plays his dad, Martin Sheen? Martin Sheen, I believe. Yeah, it was okay. actually a pretty good movie. I actually enjoyed it because yeah. the world ends. Right, they die. Fucking awesome. <laughs> Which man. it's not a cop out. It's not a ha- it's, it's it's not a it's happy like Uncle ending. Paul says, 2012 end of the world. If only. If only. Yeah, big waves cascading into your city and wiping everyone out. If only. <laughs> so yeah, the sun ain't gonna shine anymore. And uh, the sun ain't gonna shine for Brian Williams. Oh, anymore. No, that was my favorite story this week. Oh, I was telling man. you guys earlier. Man, I just love when I love that. I love that public humiliation when someone just gets just, caught lying. I'm just so glad to finally see the guy's not a cyborg. You know, yeah, I've just, I've just, it does, just yeah, I see the guy's human. like he's yeah. indefatigable. Yeah, like this guy's not human. Yeah, and finally, I'm, there's just this epic breach. Like even even epic like failure. Anderson Cooper, like he'll kind of like he'll he'll, he'll like he'll, smirk a little he'll do bit. His gay laugh. Yeah, he'll <laughs> smirk a little bit and like he, he can break character. But, oh yeah, but, like yeah, Brian Williams never breaks character. Well, he does the he does the uh, he slow jams the news sometimes. You ever right. seen him do that? Yeah, I guess. But he's that's his whole you know he's like a he's like a, a fake like, baked tan yeah. suit. Well, he's, he's, presenter he's of their game. He's trying to like get more demographics. Well, he's trying know? to be like, an entertainer. Yeah, yeah, which they're making a lot of these people in the news turn it. You know, it's it's. Yeah, I would argue most of the news cycle is just entertainment. It's just fluff. It's just fluff. And entertainment. And Even the story is bullshit. It is. The deeper thing is that the outrage should be at what about the the Iraq war lies? Forget about yeah. a dumbass reporter who's lying about something. Right. What about the lies that the media told and went along with? Yeah. You know that when Dick Cheney went on Meet the Press, you know, and and Condoleezza Rice and told bold-faced lies. Um, about Saddam Hussein's connections to Al Qaeda and 9/11 and weapons of mass destruction, where's the outrage on that? Now it is, it is pretty beat that uh, Brian Williams lied about this. You know, being in a helicopter that was <laughs> that was shot. Like, I mean, it's the pretty thing, disrespectful. The thing is, like, the, he said the thing was shot down. <laughs> he said he was in the, the the helicopter that was shot. He said he looked down the barrel of like the 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 bazooka or whatever wow. the fuck it was. And now now his time in in uh, New Orleans during Hurricane Katrina has come into question. Yeah. About fending off like marauders in a hotel. Yeah, he was playing. He was really. He was in the suite playing Grand Theft Auto and Coke. He, he, thought, he thought he was, he was in the, the French Quarter. Was, he was the one who was sniping people on the on the top of the dome. Yeah, not Chris Kyle. No, it was Brian Williams. <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't know, man. I say cut the guy a break, man. I mean, you know, I think he's he, no, dude. That's worse. He's disgusting because like... he's a mouthpiece, and I, I don't, I don't have a lot of respect for a lot of mainstream journalists or so-called journalists because the the 
actual role of journalists, the media, and you know people in that line of work is to is to tell the truth and do the muckraking yeah. and, and not be cozy cozy and just take their yeah. you know talking points directly from the White House or, or the government, but right. question it. I mean, like <clears throat> Edward R. Murrow, where you know even Walter Cronkite. I mean, we don't have anything like that anymore. You know, we don't really have any cavaliering, <clears throat> muckraking, independent journalists. I mean, they're all they're out well, there, there, but they're Jeremy not on the Scales. MSNBC, you know, uh, Lockheed Martin, Boeing sponsored list. That's true. And Brian Williams is one of these. He's one of these mouthpieces. Oh, he's a mouthpiece. He's for a stooge. He's a stuff suit. But they're making an example out of him. They gave him a six month uh, suspension, I believe, without pay. Oh, well, they they yeah. he stepped down. He took well, a break. Now he knows See, how that, A Rod that, feels. That's how they that's how they they, they give you that. You know, like we're not gonna we're not gonna fire you. We'll we'll let you call make the call. You know, you can take a break. And it's all yeah. It's just you can put big, yourself you know. to pasture. Well, yeah. I mean, and the and other news this week, John Stewart is stepping down from Comedy Central's uh, Daily Show. Yeah, he's gonna need a replacement. Doug Stanhope. <laughs> yeah, right. He's the top of my list. Oh, my God, yeah. How good would that be? Hell, yeah. That'd or Joe awesome. Rogan. Or David Lynch. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> and let's, now here's a slice of cherry pie yeah, for I, 10 minutes. Let's I'd meditate. Him, I'd watch him talk about anything. Yeah, David Lynch is awesome. His music's great, too. Have you heard any of John Carpenter's new music, by the way, in the, that same the, vein? The Lost Themes? Yeah. Or Forgotten Themes? Or, no, I I've heard that stuff's pretty cool. Yet. So, but, Mike, who would you, who's at the top of your list to replace John Stewart? If you could pick right now someone to do it. Obviously, Jay Leno. <laughs> no, yeah. no, not too much. Stephen Hawking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What would that sound like? The yeah. center of politics is corrupt as the axis of the universe. I won an Oscar for that movie about me. <laughs> you can't see it, but we're doing the the hand motion on the key. Oh, uh, yeah. He oh, can yeah. use his Should... pinky, right? Or No. There's one he? muscle he can I use. I don't know. Well, it's something. His wife knows it. It's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There yeah. is. But uh, as far oh, as the, yeah, I don't know who who, who would be a, a good replacement. I'd love to see I'd love to see uh, Jesse Ventura, Mike Gravel take over. <laughs> Alex you know? Jones, Alex yeah, Jones. Alex. Do they give him the Daily Real Show? The daily Show. <laughs> Did you realize that glass you're drinking has fluoride in it? We'll be right back. <laughs> yeah, there's a glass yeah. half, half empty. There's half... a rapist in your house. Yeah, <laughs> you need survival kit. <laughs> Panic room in gold. We'll be right back. I'm Alex Jones, and I endorse the survival kit. <laughs> By the way, for people who don't know, Alex Jones is a uh, basically the nation's most famous conspiracy they theorist. Must know. We he's love to, great. Dude, he's, he's done such a good job at branding his name. Oh, like, he's, he's great. He's like almost common knowledge. He's like yeah. he's a few years away from common knowledge. Yeah, I think I at mean, this point, dude, he's up there with Beck. Uh, uh, Glenn Beck's Beck is, steals listen, a lot of stuff from Alex Jones. Goes, a lot, a lot of people listen to Alex Jones. Yeah, it's crazy. Listen to his show. I mean, maybe not listen to him. Right, but. right. Hopefully, he's got some good information, but a lot of it gets mixed in with it's his just, ranting and yeah, his. He's just, it's a character. He, he makes a lot of stuff up that he you just can't be into, he pulls out of his ass. You can't be into anything as much as he's into that. Shit. Folks, we are talking about nine foot tall reptoids from another dimension coming over here, putting fluoride in the water, and trying to steal your guns. We'll be right back. PrisonPlanet.com, Infowars.com. These one uh, government, one worlders were out of the Bohemian Grove. They're so evil. They did the mock sacrifice on the babies. They even ate the bones of the babies, folks. We have the, Rock <laughs> we have the Rockefellers. We have Henry Kissinger on record peeing on redwood trees out in the forest. Folks, this is the stuff that's just on record. But no, we, we're Alex Jones fans. On, yeah, on, I mean, at the end of the day, I, you, know, you know, he's great. I don't think I don't think he's I don't think he's a paid agent or anything. I think he just yeah. shoots himself in the foot, man. And any issue he gets attached to, he kind of. 
I yeah. love to see he him like the when well he, sometimes. You think when he punches out at the end of the day, he just he looks he's just, like he's just like he the most Brit- relaxed he guy. He actually has a British accent. Oh, what a day today was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We talked about the New World Order and them Rockefellers. Yeah. You can't say that he's, he's not entertaining. He goes home and has a nice herbal tea. Yeah, he just know? sits back. You know, <laughs> He's like, oh, my voice. Oh, my voice. We're going like this all day. It just really hurts. <laughs> yeah. you know? It's definitely put on. I mean, I met that guy in, I met that guy in person a few times. Yeah. Oh, you've met him? Oh, oh yeah. We've, we've, yeah, we've yeah, met Alex Jones. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, we, we, we met Alex I wish we could have been longer, but yeah, he's, he's, he's interesting, man. Well, we can get into more of that in later shows, but uh, yeah, yeah. so yeah, John Stewart. You know, I, I think they're going to find someone a viable Young, replacement, younger guy, someone who's How hip about, to the uh, maybe one of the guys he brought up, like that Wyatt Snack guy, or oh, wait, no, Oliver has John his own Oliver. Show now. John Oliver's on fire. Yeah, he has his own show now. He's um, great. Yeah, who? Uh, I don't even know. Like, who would maybe be they'll do the, a reboot who, with an all female cast, you know, like Ghostbusters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who could it be? Ah. Abby Martin. Yeah, it has man. to be someone oh, with like that. Oh, that's Abby like Martin. A yeah. big name, but still has that like hipster va- hipster. Are you like, familiar with Abby Martin? She's she hosts a show Breaking the Set, Breaking the set on, on Russia today. today. No, I, I, I love Abby Martin. Abby Martin, if you she's a vagina. If, if you're hearing this, yeah. you know you are awesome. I, I am a huge fan, and I, we hope to have I, you. I'd love. I would love them. To let Ventura do it. You know, get him on there. Just, just, just. He's like, well, you want some jokes? Here's a joke for you. When people say wrestling's not real and it's fake, ever taken a floor mat to the face or a chair to the head? My back pain's pretty real. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So in in, in, in pop culture, we wanted to touch on uh, Kanye West and just how much of a douchebag he is. This is the the second time that he's been up on on stage trying to steal someone's thunder. I do have to give him credit when he was on SNL there uh, back in 2005. For the Katrina relief, mm. he was with Mike Myers, and he said George Bush doesn't care about black people. That was a good. Oh, that was so that, awesome. That was, that was a good. Oh, one. Was good. Give, if you go back and watch that, and Mike just, Myers' face, yeah, yeah oh. just watch Mike Myers. Mike Myers Dude, is like, I'm it's, getting it's, deported. It's like it's an exercise in uncomfortability. Oh. Like he is so uncomfortable. Oh, it was great. They went on the spoof that Love Guru, which I actually like that movie, Love Guru. A lot, of, pe- Love a lot of people great. shit on it. it Mike Myers is a great movie. I enjoyed it. But, yeah, Kanye, you know, Beck finally wins a Grammy after being in the music industry for 20, 20-plus 20 20 years. years. He's, a, he's an artist. He's reinvented himself. That was himself. his first Grammy? Yeah. Holy shit. I believe it was. Wow. You can fact check that. I might be wrong. But I'm pretty sure it was his first Grammy. And, you know, Kanye's basically saying he doesn't deserve to win. Give it to Beyonce. Well, Ugh. Beyonce has a team of people to write songs for her and produce it and auto-tune it and Kanye's auto-tuned. Beck actually does something pretty he, novel. Yeah, he, he, he knows plays like guitar. 14 instruments. He's yeah, a master he of like 14 instruments. Beyonce has like four writers for She's got 14 fluffers for her ass. Yeah, yeah he writes and produces his own music and his own albums and I think that has to be a statement f- for that, you know, in defense of that, because a lot he's, of everything he's, that is... That can't be real. Like, do you th- is that... That's just, like... Well, it, he can't be serious with that well, shit. Well, then he, he said, said he was, was serious. in my head. I know, but, like, it. do you, you... like? Is he, like... Is it, like, a, a stunt or something? Oh, like, it's part stunt, but it's part of his ego, and... You know, who is he to be an authority on that, he's though? He's such an asshole. I mean, granted, you know, the guy's a successful millionaire rap artist. Well, and, you it's know, just, how can you be that out of touch and think that you could say... Cause that that's acceptable he behavior. He said that, like, he said it in an interview that he should have... Like, he, it was, like, you know... When he went, he walked up to the stage like he did last year, and then he, like, backed off, and it was... Everyone got a good laugh out of it. Right. Because they, like, they're all oh, Kanye's making fun of himself. And, sure, he's But then, right. like, he said that 
after, in an interview that Beck should have given it to Beyonce. Ugh. And, you know, like, what the f- – like, I don't – I just don't buy it, you know? Like, it, this so, – no one's that out of touch, especially a guy that's in, in the music industry and, like – You think it's a stunt? I don't know. I just – I – I mean, hey, we're I don't like about Kanye West, dude. Like, I, I have no problem believing that he's a douchebag, but I don't think he's that. Like, is can anyone be that big of a douchebag? I don't know. Paul McCartney apparently likes him. Yeah, McCartney I'm, did a song with him and Rihanna. Well, let's face it, McCartney. He's a brilliant fucking genius, but he, he can do whatever he wants. He has his yeah, but you know, this that, Kanye West dude, seems that's, interesting. That's how like he doesn't think like that. Like you know, like he's. Probably pretty critical of his own work at this at this. McCartney, you know, yeah. yeah, oh yeah, he's a especially as you know at this stage in his life. You know, he probably has yeah. a publicist. They're trying to keep him relevant. relevant. That's true. Yeah, that's a good so point. That's a huge you know, part of it. Yeah. That's a good point. I doubt is Paul, Paul McCartney on Twitter. I don't think he is. He is. Like, is he? he? Well, 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 someone, well, someone's on there. There, for there is him. an official Paul McCartney. Right, Twitter right, right. Page yeah, that I follow. You know who runs my Twitter? Ringo. <laughs> I'll have Ringo do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, how we, that's, how we, that's how Ringo earns his keep. <laughs> Ringo does yeah. my Twitter. It talks about the Beatles getting back together, you know. And I said, uh, "Run my Twitter." You twat. Yeah. And Ringo's like, "Oh, I'm doing Paul's Twitter, you know, peace and love, all good stuff." Well, we didn't get to last week do a movie review, and uh, I am a huge movie guy. Uh, I took film classes in college. Um, I'm not that type of film douche, don't worry. I appreciate all kinds of film. Um, a movie from 2014 that really stuck with me that I really enjoyed and have watched three times now from, I guess you could call it the, the, the horror genre. It's not just a horror movie, though. I mean, people who are always critical of horror have lauded this film. It's called The Babadook, and it's based out of Australia. Yeah. It was directed by first-time director Jennifer Kent, uh, masterfully, in my opinion. And, you know, the crux of this movie, in my opinion, is it's just, it's about grief. It's about losing a loved one, and how do you how do you kind of live with that for the rest of your life? The basis of this movie is, um, you know, this woman was pregnant with her son, and she was on the way to the hospital with her husband, and they were in a car accident, and he was killed in the car accident on the day that his son was born. And it's eight years later, and, you know, she's living in this kind of gray, drab house with her son. And, you know, she's constantly reminded of what happened every year on his birthday. They don't really celebrate his birthday. And, you know, the Babadook is the monster in this movie, but I think it's a manifestation of her grief. Yeah. And it's definitely, like, about, like, the human experience and, like, yeah. just that, the grieving process and... Which is fucking scary and as also shit. Being, you know? a Death sing- is scary. being a single mom with a little piece of shit run son. Yeah. Like, yeah. it was horrible. Well, he's so cute. Yeah. No, the he's beginning cute. of the movie, you don't like him, but you really... And that's the thing, too, why I really like this movie. I really sympathize with both of these characters. I thought the kid did an amazing job. Yeah, he was he like six, six-year-old six year old kid when they shot this. Man. Six years old, I was, like, flinging my boogers and, you know, terrorizing my little sister. But they got this kid to be very sympathetic, um, and his relationship with his mother was—that's another thing. It's kind of Freudian. The whole they have there's a whole yeah, thing they, going on. The I absence was, of the father, yeah. the relationship that the son has with the mother, her being a, a single mother and struggling, you know, with her underlying hatred really for her son, 
and you know, it's not really a monster movie because they don't really show the monster that yeah, much. A, but when they do that show, that was my favorite part is just all the the unseen yeah. stuff. It's kind and of a it's not gory either, well. which I appreciate that. Yeah, because Eric because, has a tough yeah, time with my, scary. Mike and our other, our other buddy Chris, man, they they had to do a little convincing to get me to watch this movie because. We built it up just for weeks and weeks. We couldn't find it. We couldn't get it. We couldn't watch it. Uh, you're going to watch Babadook. Uh, you're going to have nightmares, you know. And I, I sat down and I watched it with a man. And it, 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 uh, the gore factor was nice that there wasn't it wasn't cheap. You know, there no, wasn't like yeah. cheap, like, yeah. you know, gore and No, crap it wasn't like a that. mindless slasher, which ha- they have their place. But sure. And the, end, it, it, the whole thing is kind of ambiguous. You know, and yeah. I just recommend any. Yep. I recommend anyone who who wants to see an, uh, just a basically a great piece of art. You know, that's well put together, well crafted to check this movie out. And um, you know, I, I really enjoyed it. It's one of my favorite movies of last year, and it should be out on DVD and Blu-ray in the states within the next month or two. If you want to, to end the show, I can try to find like a scene from it. If you want to pick out a scene, maybe sure. like three or four minute scene and we can or the uh, trailer or the, tra- uh, yeah, yeah, the trailer yeah the trailer see the trailer I is see, what, I don't know if the trailer is, will work like uh, well, there's some sound in the trailer right, that really okay. that really hooked me in when I first saw the trailer over, well over a year ago I had to wait a year to see this movie and I was really excited to watch it and actually the director of The Exorcist William Friedkin said that I've never seen a more terrifying film than The Babadook it will scare you as it scared me yeah coming so, from a guy who's never made a scary movie <laughs> well, The Exorcist by a lot of people is regarded as the yeah, scariest. Pu- I'll puke pea soup on yeah, you. That's it scary. made him poop pea soup. Poop. That's how scary the Babadook was. Um, and also, before we do uh, log out, I just need to identify tonight was sponsored by Mesa Corona Pinot Grigio White Wine and Stella Artois. That's right. Preferred lubrication for the second podcast. <laughs> If it's in a word or it's in a look, you can't get rid of the Babadook. A rumbling sound, then three sharp knocks. That's when you'll know he's around. You'll see him if you look. Nothing bad's gonna happen, Sam. Did he think that about my dad before he died? He sees things as they are, that one. I promise to protect you if you promise to protect me. Oh, my God. Did he hurt anyone? The boy has significant behavioural problems. This monster thing has got to stop, all right? It's just a book. It can't hurt you. Stalking me and my child. You can't get rid of the Babadook. You can bring me the boy. You can bring me the boy.